tribe of Judah became the Lamb of God on your behalf so that you can become a child of God. This is the good news. This is the one who's worthy of your worship. Uh, all right, Katie, would you come up here? So uh, that team leaves on Wednesday. Uh, me and Nehemiah leave on Thursday because Nehemiah is playing in uh, regional championship for Hawkins Middle School football. So they are undefeated, but now they have the championship game, and I'm coaching football there. So we'll leave the day after, uh, after they become champions. So, um, but we have some um, big news. So uh, we've been sharing with you about um, the Lord putting on our hearts to um, establish a, uh, a work. And, um, you know, I'll talk about it today in the message. But according to what the, the, the ecclesia, the church, really is, we are supposed to continue to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so we felt that, you know, once, once people get to a certain place in discipleship, and, and then there's a time that it's time for us to, to send and to go and to establish in new places and new territories and new regions. And so uh, we began to pray about a year and a half ago, two years ago, and, um, and the Lord said, wait, just keep praying. It's not ready. And so we just kept praying. And then we thought, okay, here on the peninsula, surely, mm -hmm. you know, that's to me that makes the most sense is that we would go to the farthest point of the peninsula and then kind of in between and kind of just logically according to Tom's logic. And so uh, God doesn't work according to my logic. And so he um, said, no, Tacoma. And I, that makes me excited. I'm from Tacoma, but it doesn't necessarily, in my mind, make the most logical sense, even though many of you drive from Seattle and I know Covington. If you come over the bridge, wave at me. If you drive all the time over the bridge, so wow. So um, that's the Narrows, you know. So uh, some of you are driving from Forks, where we got our from. From wow, so so the ends of the earth up there. That's like Lord of the Rings territory up there. So, or apparently uh, Twilight, I guess. So, um, uh, so anyways, so uh, so then we begin to pray and seek God, and then uh, the Lord said, "I'm going to give confirmation." And so I brought it to my apostle and said, "Hey, would you be praying? I really sense." And so when I came to him a year and a half ago, he just said, "I I, I sense it's not." Not yet that it's coming. And I said, that's what I sense. I didn't tell him that, but that's what I was sensing. I was asking him to pray to get confirmation. He said the same thing. And so then, as the Lord said to us to go and begin to look, um, the only space that was for sale in our searches that would, you know, we could buy um, an old gas station or stuff, you know what I mean? Stuff that's not really a church, you know what I mean? You can't, you're just like, oh, four of us can meet. So, um, or so, like an old like Goodwill or something. Yeah, like seven million dollars old Goodwill. You need to put three million more into it to make it a church building, and you're ready for five thousand people. But um, three years with permitting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the only space we found um, was this old church building, which was on the block I grew up on. So I was like, 
Well, that's weird. I was like, it's done. It's done. <laughs> so I had lived in several different places, but one of the places I had lived on the same street a block away, like six houses away from my house, my, my nanny growing up lived, her property lined up with a church parking lot. And so I uh, stayed at her house a ton of times. The only church I ever went to as a kid was with her, my, my nanny. And uh, uh, so I'm like, God, are you re- is this real? Are you really? And so prayed about it, prayed about it for, I don't know, two months or so, brought to my apostle. And so then the Lord brought confirmation. And so said, okay, all right. So we started talking to realtors and seeing if we can come to some kind of conversation where we would agree upon a number. And so we have agreed upon a number and have signed documents. And so so, yeah, so yeah. Which is it looks con- good in Sozo Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just a photo. That's not yeah. our blue. So, um, Katie, will you share what happened when we were in Switzerland? Would you share that? Oh, yeah. So, and then I want to... Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But just so, quickly. We don't have Oh, much my goodness. Time. So, well, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was uh, it. So, so, so I was... <laughs> Um, and so we've been, we get, um, travel in Europe a lot because it's on the way to Burkina. And so over the years, we've stopped in all throughout Europe. And there's always all these old churches that are basically like tourist locations now. You have to pay to enter. And they're the most beautiful churches. Not all whole, of them, but a lot of them. A lot yeah, yeah. of them. Yeah, I can't say all. But a lot of them, you go in there and and it's just, you can tell like the Spirit of God moved there once. But it's not there anymore. And so when we were on this last trip, we entered on the beautiful church in Milan, one of the most beautiful cathedrals that took like 600 years to build. And every time I go in these churches, I just Solid weep. white marble on yeah. the outside. The whole I, building's built out of solid white marble. I always just weep in them and weep in them and weep in them. And I've always just been like, Lord, I could see, like, I want to bring Sozo worship teams and set free conferences and, and all these things to just bring the Spirit of God and rebirth the wells of revival. And so that's always just been my heartbeat for, for years. And we did a road trip this last year through and, Europe. And she had said that, but and then I, I could see it. I could feel it. And uh, yeah. we went to the, um, they do a, a, compassion, or compassion, a passion play. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, in once Germany. Once every 10 years in Germany, they've done it for 200, 400, 400 years. years straight. So, yeah. And uh, every 10 years for 400 years they've done it. And when we left it, I was just like, I could just feel what God wanted to do in Europe. And so we're just talking about all these old church buildings, like seeing God begin to establish a living family, congregations that are doing kingdom works in those places. So, but we didn't have anything like this here in our hearts. So when I stepped inside this building, I just began weeping and feeling that old, that same feeling that I was like, Oh my God, I didn't know that what I was experiencing was actually for this, this building. And I'm sure for many more. But I just believe that the Lord wants to take these old churches 
and he wants to bring a move of God throughout them in the city. The city all these old churches are in the city squares, the center of the cities, of these old towns that he wants to revitalize spiritually. They've all been revitalized on the outside. If you've gone to like Sixth Ave, it used to be like the ghetto, and now it's all like, um, what do you call it, metro or like cool. I don't know what those words are. I have to learn these words. Um, but anyways, but, oh but spiritually, it still needs an awakening so to happen. And I'm so excited. So. Yeah. And then Chris Overstreet, what, um, I don't know, two months ago when we were meeting, when were we meeting? Two months ago? I didn't say anything to him. And he said, I, I see he, we were just chatting like he's coming. Um, what should I talk about? And I said, well, I love, you know, your passion for evangelism. When you share and he stopped, he goes, I just had this vision. I just saw the Lord giving you old church buildings all across America. <laughs> and, and so I was like, oh, cool. Because I was already just, I think, right in that time seeing that this was available. And so um, just going, God, would you really do that? Is that really what you're going to do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah. So they, they, we've come uh, an agree- to an agreement. Contract. You could keep playing some of those um, to see the, some of the inside. Can we get the, the, the sanctuary? Can you see the old sanctuary? Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. So anyways, uh, I'm going to talk today a, a message um, that, uh, yeah, concerning the... It's 18,000 square feet building. It has classrooms, um, so much space, um, it has, it's a, it's a whole, has a whole, um, huge, um, well, they, what they use for receptions because it has in a wedding venue in it right now. It's a wedding venue. So this is the reception hall. So for all the potlucks and school ministry things and so many things, it has so much space for an Antioch center, for a school ministry and everything that we would need to do in that region. They, yeah. We spent what, about a month going back and forth in negotiations. Yeah, so we landed. Okay, you have in your program. We landed in on a number. Let's see. They were asking 3.9 million, 9.5. And we landed on 3.55. Um, and... Uh, so we have we have to do we have to do the the down payment is what we need to do. Here's the cool thing: the space is already completely monthly taken care of because of the different leases that are in it. So um, there's a um, another building that comes with it next to it, and it comes with like a um, it's just a it was an old movie theater, and now it's a. Um, uh, like the rescue mission clothes, like kind of like, like a, a St. Vinny's or a Goodwill yeah, type thing. Yeah, like a St. Vinny's. And they rent, store. They rent for um, several thousand, like 4,000 yeah, 5, to 5,000 a month. And so that much is off of, so we landed at like a $15,000 a month lease. Uh, not, not a lease, but a, a payment because he's going to do private lending, the guy that owns it. That was and the so, huge thing was financing right yeah, now is not available. If you 4% know what, interest rate. You know what rate. interest rates are at seven right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. That was a miracle in itself. And then there, so, he owns the events the on six payment. that does the wedding, <laughs> weddings. And so he's leasing, he'll be leasing it from us, paying us monthly. And then there's a current church in there called Soma, which is a wonderful church. Uh, Soma, anyone know what the word, besides those I just told the, the disciple? Yeah. Soma, what does it mean? Do we know what the word Soma means? 
The word is a Greek word means body. Mm. means body. So it's the body of Christ, right? So beautiful, wonderful church. I've known them for many years. We've talked, we've um, spent time together at my last church because uh, they're multi-site and kind of a house church and planning thing. And so, um, so anyways, so uh, they currently lease it for 10000 a month. And so our conversation would be to flip them to allow them to use it at nights and for us to use it in the morning. And so currently, the whole lease is we wouldn't have to pay anything monthly because all the other stuff is currently paying uh, more than the lease. So that's kind of cool. But we do have to pay the down payment, right? And so that's a 400... He was willing to loan us the money, but he wanted some first. You know, it's about... <laughs> so anyway, so it's a $400,000 uh, down payment by August 31st. But he was willing two, to break it into two parts for Two us. parts. Instead he of wanted, he wanted that closing. In, in, in 30 days. And I said, well, I'm going to be out of country for the next 30 days. So that's probably not the best for us. <laughs> so uh, so he worked it out to where we would um, bring him 150, 150,000, June 25th, so in a month. Uh, and then... Um, by, the, by June 31st to bring the other 250000 So um, again, this is, uh, we, we have to put a, a $50,000 um, deposit down to where if we were to get to a point where we said, okay, and he said, you know, I'll extend, I don't really, the 400000 is not like a, you know, so like a deal breaker in a sense of like, oh, if you don't have it by the 31st, it's just like, you know, um, so, so. I would rather not. I would rather not, but, um, because we don't actually come into being able to switch and come and use anything until that's done. So, um, so anyways. So if we want to launch a school ministry in September, we need keys by then. So <laughs> yeah. So what what um, so what we wanted to ch just as a family say is, would you with your family, because we're one big family, um, consider what your family would do? You know, and if that's um, for you, is is um, a thousand, if that's for you, is a hundred thousand. You know, uh, some of you are like, what? Um, I, you know, we're all in different places, but for as a, as a family to say, um, we're going to continue to be kingdom minded. You know, we're, this is wonderful that what God is doing here and what He's done for all of us, but we want to continue to say, yeah, but this isn't just about us. He wants the whole, He wants the nations. And so for us to say, I'm willing to make sacrifice, just as Jesus made sacrifice for us, I'm going to make sacrifice so others can know what I know and to be a part of what we're being a part of. Amen? And so um, consider what you and your family would, would give. There's a kind of a whole thing, whether you want to do it one time or something monthly. Um, but I think what it's going to really just need is all of us as a family to be, to be sacrificial and to say, um, so we are going to hold off on a lot of this other stuff that we normally do, which is just blessing other, we, we give a lot to other ministries every month as a way just saying we want to be kingdom people, not just because it has our name on it. Okay. That's not who we are. And so it's just like, no, because his name's on it. And that's what we want to be is kingdom people. Okay. And we want to show it with our actions. And so um, that's my heart is that I would continue to lead us as a family to be those people who don't just give lip service and, oh, we're, we're kingdom people. But we really demonstrate it by being sacrificial to the kingdom, period. Amen? And so, but this is something that would be um, our family extending to a new uh, area. And, um, 
Uh, I know, like I said, there's many people who are already in this family that come from that, that area. Um, but, uh, but for the rest of us to say, I'm going to, we're going to do that. And it's kind of a seed for us because um, for those of you who do live on the peninsula, there'll be a day where, you know, it won't just be this group who then is financially making sacrifice, right? Then it's like, we, we need to do something. And we got this greater body now that we're making sacrifice together and the sacrifice that we can make together from that. Um, and, and what Cindy Jacobs said to Katie uh, and I was that the, she says, I see the Lord giving you a building. I see the Lord doing this thing where he, you, you come into a new building. We never talked to her in our life. Rich Vera is just friend, really close friends with her. And we just happened to be with him. And then she's, I'm like, I asked her for the toilet. Actually, this is funny. Let me share this. She's a prophet. Okay. So she's um, really, pretty well yeah, pretty world, glo- <laughs> known globally. And Romeo was with me, prophet, uh, Apostle Romeo. And, um, you know, he's like, I got to go to the bathroom. And, and, I, and I said, oh, okay. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Do you know where the bathroom is? And, uh, and she was like, oh, I think it's down there. And, and I walk away, I go, oh, I'm pretty sure I just asked Cindy Jacobs for the toilet. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> it's kind of like, for those of you who don't know who that is, it's like asking Bill Johnson for the toilet. You know, it's like someone who's very well known and just like kind of just not realizing so later who you're Prophet talking. later was like, hey, I'd like my friend Cindy Jacobs to pray for you. Yeah. Like, that for sure was her. Yeah, that was her. I thought it was her. <laughs> so anyways, um, that's not really the way I want to meet someone. But um, and she, she's just, okay, and she starts praying. You know, she prays for thousands of people, and she says, whoa, I see you in the Seattle area, and I see you, like, the Lord giving, bring you into a building, and I see, um, I see the Lord's giving you a gathering anointing. Like, there's a disperse, and the Lord's giving you the ability to gather them, and I see that you're disciples. That you, 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 you have, you're, you're a father. You, you raise spiritual sons, but you disciple. See that you have this grace to disciple. So she just, like, totally hits all of it, and we're like, oh, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, that was something that we're just wanting to do what God wants to do. And so uh, I really see this being uh, another extension of what God is currently doing, that there will be, there is a disperse in that region of people who, sit, who are looking for family, who have and do come this way, but um, need a place that's full gospel Kingdom-oriented, family-oriented, equipped and raised up as an army. Amen? Amen. So be praying, and then there will be a basket each week that if your family um, uh, can put that, the red envelopes, you you know. You can return these with just a pledge um, anytime. So we just know, even if you can't make the gift right away, it'll help us plan and know, like, where we're at. And you can turn them in with actual money throughout the process. But um, just want to let you guys know that there's a spot to just communicate a pledge without having to actually make the gift. So. Amen. All right. And if you have questions while we're out of town um, about this, you can um, ask Pastor Angie or Pastor Gail. Pastor Angie, wave at us. All right. I'm sure if those of you have questions, please, we want you to know who to contact um, while we will be traveling. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, I will. All right. So, Father God, we just ask that you would cause to all of us to be able to hear your voice. So what, what it is you would have us to sow into this community, into this new um, region, that just as Paul just continued to make sacrifice and to go to new territories and new regions, that, Lord, um, you would continue to cause provision for us to do what you want to do, to do what you want to do, not what we want to do, we, like our family here, 
but to do what you want to do and to cause um, your kingdom to come in this earth. So, Lord, we ask that you speak to us. We say, not our will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and say this. Say, Father God, God. give me ears to hear, hear. eyes to see, see. and a heart of understanding. understanding. Speak to me by your word. word. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. We're going to jump into the word. I don't have much time, but we will be uh, out on time, our normal time that we'll be out. So don't worry about that. I know you're not. Those of you who are normal, kind of sozo people, you just want me to go forever. Um, You'll just fast. (laughs) All right. I'm going to do more of just a a teaching. I've been taking us on a journey. How many of you guys have been blessed by the journey over the last couple weeks? Me just doing a little something a little different. And kind of just more precept on precept, kind of understanding God's purpose with his ecclesia, with his soma, with his oikos, with his, you know, these words are, are ecclesia, those who are called out, that oikos, that community, that fellowship, that um, uh, soma, that body. His thing that he said he was going to do in the earth, um, I've been just kind of making sure we understand what it was. Because what we see today in most, you know, places like the, the, the one that we're purchasing, um, that's not the full intent of what he, his plan is when he said he was going to build his church. It's a part of it, but it's not. We, most of us have, especially in the West, the wrong imagery. We don't have in our minds what he had in his Okay, I want us to, and I'm hoping that over the last couple weeks it has helped you. Um, If this is your first time, but you're like, wow, this is, you know, I want to be here. I want to be a part of this. You can go onto the YouTube, watch them there. They're posted. We just cut everything except the teaching and put it on there. You can watch it there and kind of catch up so that you're not feeling like he's referring to past weeks. And I have no idea what he's talking about. Um, You can watch them there, okay? Uh, I'm going to read the scriptures, Jesus only used the word church. Well, he never used the word church, but he only used the word ecclesia twice that we have recorded. Only two passages in the whole entire uh, gospels. This is where we have Jesus. It's only twice. It's only in one gospel and it's only in two verses. Isn't that interesting? We build up, we, we talk a lot about the church and, and we get two verses for it. Um, what is the church? You can kind of shout. When, you, when I say church, what do you think? Family. People coming together. Believers coming together. Gathering. Body. Huh? Bride. Oh, that's beautiful. Community. Called out ones. <clears throat> All right. So that, that's um, what I wanted. Okay. So that was really good. Uh, when Jesus says, I will build my church, it's in Matthew 16. Let's read it and then let's try to see what, it's all of those things. But I want to make sure that we have the proper view of what it mainly is. Congratulations. Someone was just baptized for those of you who are watching online. All right, so... <clears throat> If you 
want to turn to Matthew 16, verse 13. Jesus came to, into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that uh, I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. That's what Christ uh, means. And, uh, but then he adds this part, the son of the living God. Now, you have to understand that, that that wasn't normally in the Jewish mindset put together. They did not, not it's in the Old Testament, but no, not, all, not all of the teachers of the day were picked up on that, that that was going to be the case, Right? It's in the Old Testament that he would call him his son. He would sit on David's throne forever. But it wasn't kind of a, like a very strong thought. Like, yeah, the Christ is going to be God's son. Okay? That wasn't a strong thought. But Peter picks up on like, you are the Christ. And I think you're God's son. Like he's put those two together. And Jesus makes this statement. Blessed are you. Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You know, it's the same way today. I can't actually fully, without God's help, reveal this to you. I can proclaim it, but God has to be the one that reveals it. So that's why I teach the, the disciples, um, those who are in, in third year who get up here and preach the gospel. I, I say, listen, you just preach the unadulterated gospel. Don't worry about the fact that it's offensive, the fact that people are like this. You know, you go certain places and you're preaching and people are just... It, it's like a gladiator, you know. Are oh, you not entertained? You know, it's like you feel like you have to entertain people because they just look at you like, yeah, I don't really want to be here. I got drug here. And so, or you're preaching something that's hard, like you need to repent of your sin and turn to Jesus. And people look at you like, uh, no, I don't. And so I said, don't worry about any of that. Or, you know, whatever that, don't worry, because it's God, when you speak the truth with love, the motivation is always love. You don't tell someone the truth because you hate them and you want them to know they're condemned. No, that's not going to be the heart of the Father. So because you love people, you want to speak to them about the truth. Don't be concerned to whether they accept it or not. That's not your job. The Spirit of God is the one that causes it to go, oh my gosh, you're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. Like, Jesus, oh my goodness, this is real. You died, you rose. I believe. That comes by inspiration of the Spirit of God. That, that, that you, we can't do that, okay? God does that part. So I do my part. You do your part. God does his part. Amen? Some water, right? Some sow, some water. But who does the increase? God's the one that causes the increase in their hearts for the revelation to, 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 to come. So look what he says. He says, uh, my father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. Also, I say to you that you are Peter. And then he says this, on this rock, I will build my church. This is the first place we see Jesus use this word. And the gates of hell of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay, let me, let me just make sure that we understand this in the Greek. 
okay? Because in English, with different translations, it can sound like he's saying something to Peter, okay? And this is how maybe someone in the Catholic Church may take it, is that Peter is the rock. But the rock is actually the revelation, okay? The revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, and that he is the Son of God. On this revelation, I will build my ecclesia. Now, I want you to know that the word church there is a word that was uh, kind of formed at the Reformation. You'll hear me talk a lot about the Reformation because the Reformation ha is the thing that caused the church to look like it, lo it does today. The way the church mostly looks today is, in, in my opinion, and I'm going to show you by Scripture, is not God's intent. Okay? I love the church. I absolutely love the church. I think I love the church more than most. I've made great sacrifices for the church. I will do that for the rest of my life. I absolutely love and adore the church. But um, I'm not really satisfied with what it looks like because I don't think it was God's intent. Okay? I want to be a reformer, just as Luther. That's why I honor Luther. Just as Calvin, just as Swindell, just as uh, uh, Swindley, these guys, um, I said Swindell, Tyndale, and Swindley, these guys are different reformers. Swindell in Switzerland, Tyndale in England, uh, Calvin in, in France, Luther in Germany. These guys who caught a revelation like, I don't think the church is supposed to look like this. I don't, I don't know that this is what God was speaking about. So they were in the same situation. Now the issue is actually Constantine, okay? So you'll hear a lot of people when they talk about church history, you'll hear the, the Catholic Church, you'll hear the, the, the Constantine, you'll hear about uh, Luther, Calvin, these guys. Why? Um, you need to understand that, okay? And I talk a lot about that in the school ministry in different times, uh, my podcast, different things. I want you to be informed so that you, in, you relate as and in the ecclesia according to what God intended you to, okay? And most don't, by the way. Most do not know how to relate to the ecclesia based on what the scriptures is trying to do, okay? But in this family, in this house, my intent is to bring you into that based on the scriptures, not based on me. The word church, what is the Greek word? Where do we get that word? It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not the word that's being used, ecclesia. It's Luther came up with that word. That word is not used to refer to this until Luther. That's only 400 and something years ago. That's 500 years ago. I think we just passed 500 years, like five years ago. So is it, we just, we, that's, that's not long, long. Some of you are like, 500 years, not a long time. No, no, no. We got 2,000 years of church history, and you've got a quarter of it. A quarter. You got three quarters that we never use this term, and one quarter that we do. So if I were to say, you know, really what Jesus was trying to build wasn't a church, people would lose their mind. Because like, no. Because for your whole life, wow, 80 years, 90 years, wow. Yeah, that's a long time. No, no, we got 2,000 years of what God has been doing in the earth through this age. Because we're in a certain age, okay? And in this age, which people have called the age of the church, the church age, which really should be 
recoined the ecclesia age. Now, I'm still going to call it church, but I want you to think of church according to what, the, what Jesus was trying to say when he said church, not based on what you've seen. Okay? So I, I, I how many of you drink coffee? Okay. Let me use this. Um, your Starbucks foo-foo thing, that's not coffee. Let me just tell you, okay? That's not coffee, okay? I'm, I'm poking idols, but I'm going to do it. I'm just... That is not a coffee. That, that's like the last 15 years of coffee, okay? That's not coffee, okay? You go, you go to, 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 to Costa Rica or Guatemala where they grow it, and you ask for a cup of coffee, you get zero shot of getting your Starbucks caramel frappuccino, okay? You've got zero shot of it. They're going to be like, a what? Now, we were in, in, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and we went to this restaurant. And afterwards, Katie wanted a, uh, an ice cream. Now, Katie likes something that I won't eat, which is McDonald's McFlurries. That's not ice cream, but that's what Katie wanted for ice cream, okay? Katie likes that. So she asked the taxi driver, can you take us to McDonald's? And he said, no. <laughs> he said, I will not take you. And he did not take us. He would not take us. And in fact, he cursed at us. Yeah. He's like, you come halfway around the world to my country, to my city, one of the greatest cuisine cities on the earth, and you just asked me to take you to McDonald's. Get out. That's what he said. And, and he said words that I do, I cannot say in this gathering, okay? He was serious. And I was laughing the whole time because I grew up with people like that. So I'm just laughing. He's not laughing. He's very serious. He's very offended that we would ask to go to McDonald's and he would not take us there. It was hilarious. Come on, Jesus. For those who are watching online, someone else got baptized. Praise God. So, um, so, this is kind of when, when, when I say, hey, uh, what's the church? And we're like, Carmel Frappuccino. You know, it's like, that's what I think is happening for most of us. Okay? So then when I ask for coffee, don't you be putting nothing in it. Okay? I just want a black cup of pour over coffee. Okay? If it comes espresso with some added water, fine. Americano. If it comes, you know, uh, as a French press, fine. It's coffee. But the second you start blending and doing stuff, don't be handing that to me, okay? That's not a coffee. So that's what the church looks like to me, okay? But we've been used to being retold that that's coffee so much that we're like, that's coffee. When you will ask, hey, is there any coffee in this? Oh, no, there's no coffee in this. You're safe. It's like, <laughs> just throw that in the garbage. You don't need that. So that's what the church sometimes looks like. It's like, is God there? What do we need that for? So we have a form of something, but whether or not God is there or not. And that's, by the way, this is nothing new. That was with Israel in the time that Jesus showed up. Was God in the temple anymore? We never see what we saw when Solomon built the temple or when Moses built the tabernacle. We never see the glory of God showing up in the second temple. We never see it. But they're still making sacrifices, still going in, still doing certain things. It's a form of it, 
but it doesn't bear the same glory as the original. Okay, so I'm not trying to I'm not trying to to model after the church I, I grew up in, which I didn't grow up in the church, but I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to go here and go, what, what was he trying to do? And I keep reading, I keep studying this so that I can understand. I keep reading church history to understand how did we come up with this? How did this happen, okay? This is very important, very important. Most people would say the church is, is, is a, a gathering. It's where we gather together as the believers, right? Do you know what the synagogue means? It means gathering. The word synagogue is gathering. And I would say most churches today are a synagogue, not ecclesia. They're, they're, now listen, the ecclesia has gathering, but it's not the sum total of what it is. I want you to catch me, okay? Everything I'm going to say, and I only got about 15 minutes to say it, everything I'm going to say in the next 15 minutes the church is that, but if you relate to it solely as that, you're going to miss something. Okay? So gathering. The synagogue, when you look it up, you can just Google, what does the word synagogue mean? You'll find this. Three main ways that it was, it was, it was, it was um, used. Three synonyms for it. House of prayer, house of worship, house of study. Okay? So people will say, we're building a house of, of, of worship or a house of prayer. Yeah, but that's still synagogue. We are that, but that's not the sum total of what we're going for. Okay? And this is what William Henn Sr. and I talk about because, you know, this is what we see with upper room and certain places is we are a house of prayer. IHOP, International House of Prayer, not International House of Pancakes. International House of Prayer, Mike Bickle, amazing, absolutely amazing. Never would, if anyone tried to speak bad about it, I'd be like, get out of my face. Absolutely amazing, but, but, but and I know Mike would know this, but it's, it, it's not the sum total it, it, of what God wants to do is just that we would pray. We're not just a house of prayer. We're not just a house of worship. And we're not just a house of study, okay? So if you mainly relate to the church as a gathering, I want to give you a couple things. And you'll see this. You'll go, oh my gosh, I see this in a lot of churches. Because I want you to understand what's, what we're trying to do here because you might be experiencing and go, oh, man, why do they have to be so different? Why are they trying to be so different? No, we're not trying to be different. We're trying to be the original. We're trying to be like what the intent was. We're not there yet. By the way, the church, the, the ecclesia, what is it? He, he says, the way you become a part of it, how do you become a part of it? That right here. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So there's this capital C ecclesia. I'm going to get back to, if you relate to the church as a gathering, what it'll look like, but I want to just hit this. The capital C church, ecclesia. Now, again, the word church is not used until 500 years ago. It means something belonging to the Lord. That's what that word means. Kyrokos. Kyrokos is the word. Not ecclesia. The word church is derived from kyrokos. And it's Luther that said, coins the church that. Okay? When it's not that, it's ecclesia. We do, we do belong to the Lord. <laughs> Great, but it's not what Jesus said he was going to build. 
What he said he's going to build, not even hell's powers could come against us and overcome us, okay? So, so that, that means something to Jesus that's different than Kyrakos, that's different than just, yeah, you belong to me. Because if, if all it is is that we belong to him, then we just wait until we go to the by and by, right? But he said he was going to build something that would do something, okay? The second passage that we see it in, I want to read this before I go into how we would relate, is, is only two chapters later in chapter 18 of Matthew. That's it. We're going to see it twice. And I would say this is more the synagogue, what he's speaking of here. So we have capital C. You come in by faith in Jesus Christ. You're a part of it. You have this revelation. Jesus is Christ. He's the Son of God. Died for my sins. Boom. New heart. Repent, believe, be baptized for the remission of your sin. Praise God, you're part of the ecclesia, the ecclesia in the earth. It's this big old thing. Fills the whole, it's all over the earth, everywhere I go. But there was a local expression of this global thing, okay? And it's more referred to here in chapter 18. In chapter 18, um, let's go to verse 15. He says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his faults. Now, this is interesting. He's still expecting that we might do this. That in this ecclesia, this might still happen. Some of you are part of the ecclesia and you're shocked. They're hypocrites. No, he's like, nah, you're becoming. Okay? It's not your main identity, but it might happen. Your brother sins against you. Go and tell him his faults between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. You've gained him back. You've restored connection. Okay? You're not, when you see him, you're like, oh, avoid. Right? You're in Safeway. You see someone, you're like, wrong aisle. And you're just trying to avoid. You don't have to do that anymore because you've restored yourself. Some of you are doing that. You need to stop. Me included. Okay? I do. I see people from, from, from that have said stuff about me, and I'm just like, I'm just too tired today. I just, just kind of just act like I didn't see them. You know? but normally, I'll just go up to them, cause I, but if I'm tired, I'm like, I'm just going to, oh, look at a bird, you know. Uh, just, <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <clears throat> I need to be biblical, and I need to do this. Okay, Lord, help. He's convicting me right now. All right. But if you, he will not hear you, take, take with you one or more, that uh, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. If he refuses to hear them, tell it to the ecclesia. But if he refuses even to hear the ecclesia, let him be to you like a heathen or a tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, it's again says the same thing it said in the last one. So, this is more like two or three. When you're gathered together, I'm in your midst. This is what he's about to say down here. If you agree upon anything on the earth, um, if two of you, or, or more of you agree upon anything on the earth, and whatever you ask in my name uh, um, will be done for you by my Father. Or two or three of you are gathered together in my name. I am there in your midst. Okay, so, so this means there's going to be a local expression of this global capital C thing. This is like a, a lowercase c, expression of something that is a part of a global expression of something, okay? They're, they're, they're the same thing, but one can locally be found, and one is just this big thing, okay? <clears throat> so I want to now, I got five minutes, to uh, do a, an hour message, and um, 
<laughs> so uh, if you first and foremost recognize or, or relate to the church as synagogue, as gathering, here's what's going to happen. Who's the leader of it? Who's, who, who, who's the leader of most churches where it's like a gathering? What, what? Pastor. And so what's, what, what can a pastor have? Sheep. Okay, so pastor, sheep. Those are a part of the ecclesia. We got that? That's, that's for sure that's a part of it, but that's not the end, end goal. But if all you have is a sh- pastor, which means, sh- you know, shepherd, which, you know, then your end goal is that you just shepherd sheep. When you get them their sheep, when you finish their sheep, sheep. Now, do you really want to just be a sheep? Okay, sheep are really not that intelligent. It better be a sheep than a goat, right? Because goats can't have shepherds. They won't follow anything. But sheep will follow anything. Okay? Sheep will follow someone off a cliff. And sheep have no defense. They're very vulnerable. Now, we all come into the kingdom as sheep. And we need a season where we're, we're, but that's not the end goal, okay? And if I think all I am is a pastor, then I'm just gonna be coming behind you and cleaning up your poop. Trying to make sure you have something to eat today, okay? And that's a lot of churches. In that form, we're house of prayer, we're house of worship, we're, you know, house of, uh, you know, um, but, we, we, we're, the, we're the oikos, we're the community, we gather, we fellowship, okay? And there's a lot of places like that, that that's the end goal. You come in a sheep, you end a sheep, end goal. Pastor's not trying to be anything more than to care for you, you know, are you hurting? Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, they make you feel really loved though. Man, pastors are awesome. Um... We need a lot of pastors. We need a lot of pastors. But how did that pastor become a pastor? Because I thought he was just a sheep. Right? So he probably had to go to something else, which is how, another way that we relate to the church, which is a school. Place of study. Okay? This is usually more like your Baptist groups where it's highly focused on study. It's a place of learning you got to learn about the Lord, right? And usually the person who's leading that's a teacher, and the way you relate to him is a, is a mentor. And whether you're a shepherd, a pastor, or a mentor, a teacher, you can have thousands of those. This is why some of these churches are huge mega churches. You can have a lot of those when that's how you relate to it, okay? You, you, they're just sheep, you just, they follow you, they, you know. This is the problem if they stay sheep. One, they always have, they always need you. They're always gonna need you. And a shepherd loves that, it's job security. The only way they're gonna learn is from you. They're not gonna learn themselves, they're sheep, right? And uh, really what you have is like a, a hospital with doctors, you know, and the, they're the body, you're the doctor, and they're always sick, and you always have to help. 
because sheep, are, they need a lot of help, okay? With, with, with a teacher, you're now beginning to, they're beginning to think for themselves, they're beginning to do this, but the, the greatest thing you can have, now let's just go through this really quick, how, how education really works. Beyond the U.S., because the U.S., we're not very good at this, okay? We use, wrong, we use really bad terms. English is really an interesting language. And when I was in Ireland, they're like, we don't speak English. I was like, I don't know how to tell you that you speak English. Like, I was super confused. They're like, we don't speak English. I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I was just like, I need to ask more questions because I'm going to have to look really stupid. And they're like, no, nah, like English. And they broke down what English is. And then they broke down what they speak. And I was like, they're like, English just adapts anything and everything. They're like, what's the word shampoo from? I was like, I don't know. He's like, it's French. What's the word? You know, he's like, he just, he's like English, you just, English is just a bunch of other languages. You just hijacked everyone else's language. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dang, we do do that, you know? And he just started naming all these words. Where do those words come from? And I was like, he's like, it's just like a, a market language where you just all just take on anything and everything. You know, give me some agua. It's like... No, it's, it, it, you know what I mean? We just take on anything, right? So it's very adaptive as a language. He's like, that's not the language we speak. We have a language we speak, and you might use some of those words, but we use a different language. And I was like, okay, I, I don't know if I agree, but whatever. But we do do this in a lot of ways. Now, if you're most places on, uh, in the world, they have different words for education for the person that's in a different stage of education. They use different words. What do we use? Student. Oh, you're a student. But um, anyone, where's the Moors? Are the Moors here? Where's your dad? Where's, where's baptizing? Such a disciple. In elementary school, what do they call the person who's in the, there? What are they? Pupil? Pupil. What do we call it? We call student. They call it pupil. They don't call you a student until you go off into another, another level. Lower level learner. And then you, you're called a student once you... You, you graduate to a, the next level. So, so we just say student, and they're like, that is not a student. Because what you teach a pupil and a student is different. So this is our issue with the church. <laughs> to be honest, this is where I'm going to get in trouble, but I don't even care. You can just read the Bible. The Bible's idea is that you guys, all of us, not everyone in this room, is a son of God. You're a child of God, but in his view, you have to go through a level of certain things before you're a son. And that's what William Henn Sr. was saying when he, sa when he says to his son, William Henn Jr., is that you're, this child of yours is not your son. And he's like, because uh, he just says gender, right? He goes, you can't put any weight on him. He's like, the Hebrew mindset of son is the, the heir, receives the inheritance. He's now to a place where whatever you give him, he's going to use it for good, and it's going to continue the purposes of the father. That's what a son is in their mind. You, you, that's not, what does Galatians talk about? While he remains a child, he might as well be a slave. 
because he can't receive the inheritance. It would be a terrible idea. You cannot give inheritance to children. They'll squander it, right? And so the idea of sonship, of what God is saying, he's waiting for the sons of God to make manifest, is not just believers. It's those who have been put through a process and he, he says he's, they're waiting for the sons of God to manifest. There's a moment where you go from child, pupil, student, disciple, son. We just think, born a son. That is, but not yet. It's your, it's your destination. It's your, it's your inheritance. You just haven't received it yet. My son is, is going to be my son. He is my son and he will be my son, but currently I can't really entrust him as a son yet. He can, if you, back in those days, you're, you're, you, you have livestock, you have all kinds of stuff. You can't trust all of that to him yet. The management of all, everything that this is going to continue on. Nah, he's going to be off, you know, picking his nose and fishing or whatever. He's not going to take care of this stuff. He's just going to be, be a boy. He's going to go build forts. He's not going to do, right? You know this. Ooh, squirrel. And it's just gone. <laughs> Sheep getting eaten by lions. So it's gone. You can't entrust it to him yet. It wouldn't be wise. But we use terms and we just use it for everyone. Blanket statements, everyone. So everyone thinks they're a prophet. Everyone thinks they're an apostle. Everyone thinks they're a Everyone thinks that they, they're self-led like goats. Because we, I'm a believer. I got all the, you know. That is not the imagery in the scriptures. It's not how he treated even the disciples. Amongst his followers, he picked his disciples. And then it's many chapters later where he calls them apostles. And in between those periods are, are, are a long time. And by the way, when he gathered his followers, these guys all have more education in the, the Torah than anyone in this room. So how, how come it only took three years? They were born and bred knowing Yahweh's ways. That's why Peter says, I will never touch any of those animals. Never have I eaten any of these unclean animals. And he's like, do not call what I've made clean unclean. But he was, a, he, was, he was a Hebrew. That's what Paul says. A Hebrew of Hebrews understood Yahweh's ways. Nowadays, we're bringing Gentiles in. To turn a Gentile into a Hebrew-minded disciple takes way longer than taking a Hebrew-minded child and making him a Hebrew-minded disciple. So this is where Paul writes the book of Romans. It's because all the Jewish people had to leave Rome. All the elders of the church were Jewish because they got it. They understood it. All the Gentiles are like, hey, what if? I know Gnosticism did not come from the Jews. No, it comes from all the Greek places. Gnosticism is the idea that every, Jesus came in the spirit, not physically. That's the Gentiles. That's all those pagan God worshipers that are now trying to be Hebrew minded. And the Hebrews like, what are you talking about? Stop. What? No. But that's what we do with stuff. It takes longer. Paul, when he was in the Gentile regions, he took longer time with them. And he left who in charge? Jewish-minded people. And they were the elders, and they had to raise the, Jewish, the, the Gentiles into that. And then once they got it, it began to become a generational thing. And then it poof, took over. But we just want to all just, I got saved today and now I'm a disciple of Christ. No, you're not. Disciple, by the way, is an apprentice. 
A student is someone who's in college. They're pupils until college. That's the language. You're a student once you get in college. Now you're starting to understand principles, kind of how things work and behind the scenes, not just facts. You know, when you're in elementary school, you're a pupil. You're just learning facts. Most people in the church, they understand. They know Bible stories. They know the facts of the stories. But what did that story even mean? What was God telling that story for? What was God doing in that? I don't know. Yeah, because you, you're not starting to understand concepts yet. You're not over here. Okay? Disciples are, you know, if you're going to be an electrician, you've gone through school. All your school is at a desk. You have times where you're starting to touch stuff and kind of plug and play and kind of mess with stuff. But then you have to leave the classroom and now you're a disciple. And now it's like you're with a journeyman. You're with someone who knows how to do it. And now you have to do it. But you're not just entrusted. You don't want a surgeon. He's like, I just got out of, out of school. No, you know, no one's watching over me yet. I just learned, haven't even cut a body open yet. It's all been on blue, been on whiteboards and 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 slideshows. And uh, we're gonna figure this thing out. <laughs> you know, oh, that wasn't there on the screen. I don't know where that. You know, no, someone's there. You go through this time where you're, you're, you're being watched, and they'll do, and then say, okay, do you try? And okay, no way. Don't touch that. You know, it's that's. Right? If you're an electrician and no one ever, you just read a book and then now you're the, you'll burn a building down or at most die. Get, okay? I worked, I used to work with uh, um, the, the, um, the, the power plants, the different ones. Uh, and the, um, what are they called now? Goodness, it's been so many years. Um, what's that? Anyways, there's the book. PUD, but the other one that's more, it's, uh, anyways, I worked with Puget Sound, but there's, ba, 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 anyways, Bonneville, right? Bonneville Power. So where they did not trust, it was like, this guy's like, I've been doing this for 40 years. Like, you're not trusting people, and I'm going to have to be up there with them because I was building cell towers, and there'd be a cell tower on this tower that's a power tower, and they're like, I'm not allowed to climb that tower. If I touched the wrong thing, I am dead. They went through a lot of apprenticeship because you touched the wrong thing up there and you are dead. They don't play around. They had to go through a long apprenticeship. They learned about power. They learned about all that, how to, un how to turn stuff off, how to do all this stuff safely so people don't die. But you know, there's still YouTubes of people touching the wrong things. Don't watch them. It's terrible, but they've recorded <laughs> dead. In a moment, there's too much power, okay? We just think we get saved and we're being entrusted with that. Because we mainly view education in general in the wrong way, okay? So the, the, the church isn't mainly a schoolhouse. It is. We need to be discipled. We need to be taught. We need to go. But we need to understand we start as pupils. We start as the little ones, learning concepts, facts, these things. Then we go to students and concepts and principles and we start learning about him and his kingdom and what his intent is in the earth. You ask a young kid, what was God's intent for the earth? What's his plan? For, I, don't, I don't know. What's your favorite story? Oh, Noah. You know, it's like everyone dies. Why is that your favorite story? So, so. You know, but this is how it is. Then you become a disciple. You start to have hands-on. So can you see what our, we have a school of ministry. Sozo, school of ministry. We know that part of this thing is discipleship. But we, how many know? First year, you don't get trusted with everything. 
you know how many people bounced? They didn't make it through the first two months because they were hoping we would just test them out for a little bit and then they'd be able to be, do all the stuff. And they get upset. I don't trust you. I don't trust a first grader. People don't like that because they're like, well, I'm 50. Great. I don't know where you got decided. I don't know who trust. No, and this is a process. And, and through that process, we'll determine if you're a goat or a sheep by whether or not you can follow. This is the process Jesus went through. Not everyone was called an apostle. Not everyone was called a disciple. He had many followers. Not all of them were disciples. And we see that by Acts chapter, uh, or Matthew chapter 11, he's finally taking his disciples and laying hands and saying, now I call you apostle and sending them out. And he gave him various, says, after a long discussion about instruction, he sent them out. There was a process of, can I trust this, these people? So I've heard people talk about this of like, why does it take you know, this long to be able to do the stuff that all of us are supposed to be able to do? Because you've got to be discipled. You've got to go through a process. We know that in, the, in, in, in our school system, that the difference between a first grader and a fourth grader is like night and day. It's not even close. It's just such a short period of time. But there's concepts that are taught that you cannot understand this without being these process of building. Right? So, so it's not a school primarily. But I want you to understand there is a process in you becoming. Okay, now what is it primarily? If there was a tent, the center, how many have ever seen those big like circus tents? Four of you, okay. There's a huge massive pipe in the middle. The side ones are, you know, right, one person could pick up those ones. But that middle pole, <laughs> a bunch of people have to lift that thing. How are they even get it up? It's huge, right? I want to talk about what the church mainly is. It, it, it is a place of learning. It is a place of worship. It is a place of, of prayer. It is a place of, of stu a study. It, it, is a, it is all of that, okay? But if you relate to it primarily as that, you're going to get off, okay? It's primarily a family. Wow. It's primarily a family. It's a house. Now, if it's a house, a family, a house... Then it has fathers and mothers. And the goal is, the goal is sons and daughters. Wow. But no one thinks, again, the second they have a child, that Eden is basically the heir already. It's the promise of an heir, but currently I have poopy diapers. Okay, right? She's smiling when she's doing it. She's really kind about it, but it's still a mess. Okay, the church is all of these things. If we don't have babies, then we got one generation, two generations away from death. Death. A lot of churches that call themselves church that put church on there are a generation from extinction because they don't see themselves as a family. They see themselves as a congregation, a gathering place, but mainly a family is needed. God does everything through family. He calls himself Father and Jesus' Son. 
And then he says, then you're gonna, he's going to be your father. Oh, you want to pray? Pray like this. Our father. Okay? So even how the government of the church works. Paul called Timothy his dear son. In Philippians chapter 2, he says, I'm going to send you my son Timothy. I'm going to send you my son Timothy. Paul doesn't use that term for every, everyone. We see 14 different people that he refers to this way. They're all people who once were pupils, students, disciples, and then he says, well, no, I can send him, he'll represent me perfectly. It would be as if I was there with you. He would do exactly as I would do. He's a son. That's what sons are. So we're all like, I'm a son. And I'm like, yeah, you will be. But would it be as if Jesus was the one standing there doing it? That's the goal. And he says that he will build his ecclesia. Now, you're all a part of the ecclesia, but what he was referring to was a government. I need you to understand this. This is so important. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Listen, the gates of hell are prevailing against sheep all the time. That's not what he was talking about. The word ecclesia referred to, um, let's say, uh, the Romans. Let's say when, how they used it, or the Greeks. It was the government. It was like the, uh, the Senate. I will build my Senate. Now, the Senate represents all the people. But it was a, it was a governing group of people that made decisions for the whole group. He says, I'm going to build my Senate, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm going to build my sons and daughters and the gates of hell. It can't prevail against them. It prevails against babies all the time. You just got in, <laughs> hell's still prevailing against you. It shouldn't be if you got elders watching over you and protecting and instructing, whatever, you know, praying. But it's not prevailing against the elders. That's what it's not supposed to prevail against. And their job is to, to, to pupil, student, disciple, son you. Fathers have purpose. They have missions. They have stuff that they're going for. And this is where, where if we're just pastors, we just, this is it. We're fine. We got it. This is awesome. I don't need more sheep. I don't need more poop. I don't. I'm just going to keep cleaning yours up. My goal is not, that's not, we need a bunch of pastors because we got to always have sheep, but they should become shepherds someday. They should be able to be self-learners. Once you go to student, you, the teacher doesn't need to have heavy, hard, hardcore systems to, to make sure you're doing your work. But in elementary school, right? First graders, you're not watching them. They're gonna be. They're now playing with that little football thing. You know, you just fold your paper up and you're like, you, you know, like you, you gotta watch them. I grew up in the in 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 the eighties, nineties, and and there was a, a kindergarten cop. Don't watch it, but kindergarten cop. So he leaves for one second to just he comes back and it's just chaos. Right? They're like hanging off of everything. He's like, stop it! It's not a tumor. You know, it's like. It, it, it's uh, this, this, this chaos because they, they don't have supervision. And that's, that's the sheep. That's the, the pupil. That's, but there's a point where teachers like, here's the assignment. You're still in the classroom, 
but I don't have to have my, I don't have to watch over you to make sure that you're going to stay on track. You either do or you don't. You'll be stalled in that season until you know how to self-govern, self-manage. You don't need a pooper scooper. Okay, you know where the bathroom is. See what I'm saying? That there's a shift, but not everyone's there, but everyone thinks they are. The problem is, is because some of us are born into the kingdom adults. So we want to relate with the kingdom as adults. We never want to be pupils again. And I love, I love that you said that. You went to law school and they're like, you're a pupil. And you're like, I just got done being a pupil. He's like, yeah, well, you're there again. But in a certain topic, not in a general education anymore. One topic, you're a student again. You're just, I mean, a pupil again. And one day you'll be a student again, and one day you'll practice. You'll be a son. You'll be able to, no one's watching over your shoulder. We trust you. We could put weight on you. Right? And now you work for a, a company, and they trust you, and they're not like, hey, did, you know, like, you know, we've got to make sure you're there, and you get your stuff done. You know, hey, did you get your stuff? You know, no one's checking. You either get it or don't, and you're in trouble if you don't. Like, you got deadlines. You just got to be trusted. Right? Jesus takes off. Superman's into the, into, to the right hand of the Father. Just, they're like, whoa, that was cool. Angels are like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm still amazed. I just watched a man fly. He's going to come back like that. Go and do what he told you. Follow his instructions that he gave you. Okay? He's trusting you now. And I've talked about this. I'm sure the angels are like, this is plan A. These guys... Wow. Peter just denied you. A little girl was like, I'm sure you're with Jesus. I don't know him. That's a month ago. Like, that's, that's not very long ago. And Jesus was like, you got it. It's crazy what he trusts us with. But he did not trust it to his followers. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. He did not trust it to his followers. He trusted it to his apostles. Those are elders. Not every elder is an apostle, but he trusted it to his government, his ecclesia. Now, here's my last imagery I'm going to pray for you. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to build us to get ready for, because what we're trying to do is extend the family of God, and it's through synagogue, but it's not primarily synagogue. It's family, and it's government, and it's instruction, and it's nurture, and it's all the fivefold doing this stuff that we ought to do to cause the body to grow and to mature. It's not primarily only pastoral. It's not primarily only teacher. It's not primarily only revelation. It's implementation. It's building. It's structure. It's, it's an army that fills the earth with God's kingdom and his culture and his nature and his so let, let me relate to it. Ecclesia is like Israel. So, so when he says, I'm going to build my Israel, it would be the elders of Israel he's talking about, but they represent all of Israel. Now, when you go to synagogue, you're meeting, Israel's meeting there, but the synagogue's not Israel. You getting it? We're in a synagogue right now, but the synagogue isn't Israel. If you're like, are you Israel? Yeah, which one do you go to? Israel's not a place. What? what? Like, 
You, I don't think you understand what Israel is. It's a covenant people of God. But it doesn't have elders? Sure did. And it had a purpose in a, in a, in a person that's like, this is what God's saying, let's go. Sure did. Did it have a promises that they had to go and, and, and to take? Sure did. Did they have to have a head down all the way, the, the direction from God all the way through elders, through a commander of the elders, all the way through the elders and the prophet, all that? Yep. He says, I'm going to redo Israel and I'm going to call it Ecclesia. So it is synagogue, but it isn't. The ecclesia meets and gathers together, and you can call that, in fact, in the Pentateuch, in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, the um, Greek version, um, the, um, hip, hip, what's the Greek version of the Septuagint, sorry, my brain just blanked. Septuagint, when Israel gathered together, Septuagint's Old Testament written in Greek, that when they gathered together, it was called ecclesia. When they would come together, gather, when the elders would come together, they called it Ecclesia. So he's saying, we're, the, we're Israel. So are we being it now? Yes, but in synagogue. But if you leave synagogue, you're, you're Israel. You're just being instructed in the ways of Yahweh so you can go be Israel. But this isn't the sum total of Israel. And when you're being taught, it's like, oh, I'm Israel because I got taught. No, no you're Israel. You are it. You were born into it. You are it. And you have God as father, but he hasn't given to it a government and a purpose in the earth. And I talked about that, what, two weeks ago or last week? I don't know when. Anyways. About God's main intent to, that all things would manifest Christ. Right? And that man, his ecclesia would govern with him over all things. This is his intent. Okay? This is where when the elders, when, when, there's, when people start becoming sons, being entrusted with God's government, and there's a certain group of them, God's going to say, now take my family and bring it over there. Now you, Paul and Barnabas, take my kingdom, which is ecclesia, take my Israel, take my kingdom, take my, my, my salvation, my kingdom, my, my ecclesia, take it uh, uh, over there. And they did. And they taught them about the king and about the father. And they brought them into a family and began to raise them. Amen? All right. If we don't understand this, then we will just say, I go to church on Sunday. I go to the school of ministry. All of those things are a part of it. House church is more synagogue, right? We pray together. We eat together. We, we coin and eat it together. We do that. But that's not the sum total of what we do. This is why when people go, oh, we're just going to move fully to house church movement. Uh, I'm trying to fully transition to ecclesia movement. Okay? Where it's all of the things that it takes to be a kingdom family and spread kingdom things everywhere. I want you to become a shepherd, a son. My goal is not that you don't stay a sheep. That you still need me to teach you anything, all things. But there is a season, and I've shared this with the school of ministry. I want you to stop searching YouTube University for everything because it's just confusion. It's like, hey, we're just going to teach you addition and subtraction. Well, I think I should be learning about, you know, square roots. Stop, please. You're just going to be confused. Let's just go through a stage, a season of, so that one point you won't need me to do that for you. You're now a student, a self-learner. 
And then you'll become a son where I don't have to. I, that, that, you're, you're, what you understand about God is no longer on me. Okay? Your voice is trusted because you've submitted it to a process of being trusted. Your leadership is trusted because you've submitted it to a level of trust. But for those of you who just come to church every once in a while, you just come to synagogue every once in a while, my fear is that you don't really understand the process it takes to be trusted in the kingdom. So you're elongating your process. God doesn't trust inheritance of what he wants to do in the earth to pupils. He doesn't. It's always to sons. Everything in the kingdom is built on sons. So that's what we're trying to do here is to raise you to the point of sonship where God can trust you with his kingdom. That you would do it and it would represent him in every way. Everything you did would manifest him. You'd be like, I know that. I know Jesus is all over that. I never knew anyone to do anything like that, but I know it's Jesus because it bears every part of his nature. My kids do stuff all the time that doesn't bear all of my nature. All the time, okay? Because they're still pupils. Right? We understand this? Okay. All right, stand. I want to pray for you. Don't elongate the season of pupil to student to student to disciple to son, okay? It's like, I'm going to go to the first year. I'm going to take a couple years off. Not school ministry. I'm not talking about school ministry. I'm talking about actual pupils, right? You go to first grade. You're, what, five, six? You say, second grade, I'm just going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give it a couple years. I'm going to take 40, 40 years to get through elementary school. It's like, Why? Just engage in the process of becoming. Engage in the process of submitting to God's government, his elders, his presbytery, to be built up. To be built up. How come the dailies are trusted uh, here, but they haven't gone through our process? They've already gone through the process. Now, some of you are like, I've been through the process, and I just go, I, I, I'm so, I, I need to be able to be trusted by God to test that, to see that, so that I can say, yeah, I see that process is already done. Because you're, you're, you, age is the pro problem in the kingdom. He doesn't view age anymore. That's why Timothy, he's like, I don't care what they're saying about your age. Knock it off. Just act like the general that, that God appointed you as when we laid hands and, and commissioned you. Stop it. Okay? So age isn't the issue. It's the character. It's the process in the testing that it takes to go from pupil to student to disciple to presbytery, to elder, to son, to daughter, to be entrusted with the kingdom. The dailies can go anywhere in the earth and it will smell out sons, right? That's what I want for all of you. I don't want to hold you down and go, that's why we allow people, you know, it's like, hey, you know, if you want to give your life to Jesus, hey, team, come up. Just like, okay, one person, 48 disciples. So. That's awesome, praise God, um, that there's a process of bringing you through and instructing and, and saying, no, wait on that, don't do that, uh, you know, and correction and all of that. He says, you can't be a son without that. That process has to happen. So if you want to try to relate what, what's happening in this family to the church on whatever corner in any city with a, a steeple, it might not look the same. I don't have anything against those places. Love.
praise God, but I'm trying to do the full thing that I see here. And that's what you're experiencing, okay? That's what you're experiencing. That's the difference of what you're experiencing. And it's happening all over the earth, by the way. The place I see it happening least is in, in the West, but it's happening all over the earth. It's just in the West, we choose to treat it a certain way. And again, I've talked about why we've done that, but I don't want to do it any longer. I don't want you to just stay sheep. And I have to just, oh, another sheep, another, oh, no, that one's hurting, and I just run around. <laughs> no, 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 that's not ever been God's intent. That's not what we see. He's like, I'm out. And we're like, you're going to trust these guys? He's like, yep. Everything's about becoming. Everything's about becoming. Everything's about becoming. Sons. So when we manifest, the earth can get excited because his return's coming quick because sons are the ones that bring it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lift up your hands. I want to pray for you. So Father God, I ask that your grace and your mercy would, would come upon your people. This revelation, Lord, everything that was you, let it pierce their hearts. Let it pierce their hearts. Let it pierce their hearts. That they would not relate to the church simply as school, simply as synagogue, but as Israel, as Ecclesia, as family, as your kingdom. And that you would give them the revelation and the grace to submit to the process of becoming and to see the wisdom within you and in your scriptures to be okay with the process of becoming and to see the beauty of your government. Give us wisdom, God. Guide and direct us. Help us. Knit us together as family. Knit us together as family. And Lord, we ask that this family, this kingdom, this ecclesia, will go from this place to cities and regions and places all over this state, this nation, and the nations of the world. But may it always bear your nature, your name, and not ours. May everything we do manifest you. Your purpose is your intent in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. If I can get the uh, second years, third years to come up. Listen, so many people got some um, freedom this weekend. I believe there's just a, a heightened level of it still in the, in the house. If you need some breakthrough, you need some deliverance, you were not able to make it to the set free, we'd love to pray for you. If you need healing in your body, we'd love to pray for you. If maybe you're going through a situation, you need a little bit of counsel, we'd love to counsel you. Uh, we also have the uh, School of Ministry. Um, uh, it, if you have questions about it, the main office right there, Pastor Jared here is going to be able to answer your questions concerning the next year of School of Ministry. Um, for the rest of you, God bless you guys. For those who are students in the School of Ministry, graduations tomorrow. I'm so excited, and I will see you guys there. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you were blessed and encouraged. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Thank you.